welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And on this episode, I have the storyteller, publicist, and now author of Burn Down the Ground, Ms. Cambry Cruz. Her memoir is incredibly uplifting in that it speaks about her childhood growing up with two deaf parents, um, a father who later ends up incarcerated, and how she was able to transform herself from coming from the middle of nowhere uh, in Texas, growing up in a tin shed, to becoming the woman she is today, who is a phenomenon. It's not easy to make it in the publicity world. Every world has its um, competitions, and I like learning about how each niche industry has um, all of its challenges. But she also has blossomed, this sounds so (laughs) gross, but she really has into a storyteller as well. And her book is a must read. Please go get it. And before you do, listen to my interview with Miss Cambry Cruz. So I want to bring out our first guest. I'm really, really excited. Um, She has been a phenomenal friend to the comedy community. She's a publicist, Miss Cambry Cruz. And she also created one of the first comedy forums and venues for up-and-coming comics, which was called Ochi's Lounge. So I'm really excited to talk to her about that. And she has a beautiful, beautiful memoir out called Burn to the Ground. Burn, burn Down the Ground, excuse me. Um, and I'm very, very excited to talk to her about this as well. So are we ready to We're bring ready. out... Let's bring her out. Ms. Cambry Cruz. Burn Down the Ground. We, we brought champagne. I don't really drink, but we brought oh, champagne. Excellent. Would I you like my some? wine over there? So oh, okay, good. Very convenient. Would you like some? Yes, of course. Oh, I'm gonna give this to. <laughs> will you give this to Shockwave to open? He, he knows about alcohol. <laughs> yes, that's oh, good. Oh, it's a lambic. That's actually a very uh, like sweet beer. Okay, you go ahead and tell him an expert on the. Uh, <laughs> I'm planning to rebel in my 40s. Am I right? Am I right? No, you, you, yeah. you Yes, you are. You are correct. Yeah. You can tell it's me like that a dessert that wine beer. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's close. <laughs> that's very close. I'll be hosting lots of dinner parties. You guys should come over. I'm a real, a real foodie and epicurean. So I want to start off with you. You have had so many jobs. Does that feel comfortable? You can also pull it out if you want. That sounds really inappropriate. There's the pull out method. <laughs> In addition to talking about jobs on this show, we're also a uh, sexual <laughs> education <laughs> course. Um, you've had so many jobs. You've been a model, a bank teller, a paralegal, an author, a storyteller, a publicist. Which was your worst? Well, my best paying acting job was Mm -hmm. as uh, I was an assistant vice president for a bank at 25 years old, no college education, and I was foreclosing on multi-million dollar loans. I like this already. Keep telling me Best paying acting job. I just acted like I knew what I was doing (laughs) and scared the shit out of these old men who would just like, their loans were already charged off. Like the, the, the bank has already declared that this is a loss, and then they would just fork over their money. I would just convince them, no, we can work this out and and they would and I was like 25 26 I left there when I was 26 and a half uh, assistant vice president never went to college it's well I mean and it shows how intelligent you are and also you wrote about in your book burn down the ground about 
um, having your own home foreclosed on. And so I thought it was really neat how you spoke about having empathy Mm -hmm. for certain people and really trying to help them. And yeah. then with the people who didn't deserve it. Well, our home needed. wasn't repossessed. Our trailer was repossessed. But that That's was like home. a notch down. <laughs> <laughs> but that was your home, right? Yeah, yeah. Our trailer was repossessed when I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I was like, I was working two jobs to try to help make ends meet. I was a, um, a busboy at a yacht club where I actually waited on kids that I went to school with. And uh, I worked at the roadside on the side of the road in a firework stand. Just when I started learning how to smoke. So that was convenient. That very, very like a, safe. Like a half ton of explosives and me like sneaking around trying to light cigarettes. It was very dangerous, but I made money tax free. Which is fabulous. And this was in Texas. I, yeah. I don't want to oh, give away. <laughs> like West Virginia and Texas. That's the only place. Are the two like places that. where you can do that? <laughs> um, I, want, I don't want to give away your, your book, but I would love if you could um, tell folks a little bit about your upbringing. It was very posh. It sounded very fancy. Yeah. In a nutshell, here's my elevator pitch for my book. Uh, I grew up in the woods of Texas in a tin shack with no running water, no electricity, no none of that. Uh, while we prepared the land for the arrival of this trailer that then got repossessed, uh, my dad tried to kill my mom when I was about 17 years old, and I witnessed it, called 911. Now he's in jail for 20 years for trying to kill another lady. So it's a comedy. <laughs> it's very light. Jennifer Aniston will be playing the role of Cambry. No, I want Charlize Theron to play oh. because her mom killed her dad in a domestic violence incident. That actually would be excellent, and she's a phenomenal actress, and I would say that you guys both are beautiful. Spinning image, that is like my twin. And she's very funny. (laughs) No, she is? Yeah, she is really funny. Oh, all right. uh, adult novel. Did you see that movie? She's really good. Anyways, oh, I haven't seen it yet. She's young very adult. Good in it. Yeah, yeah young adult. Yeah, I have. I'm a great Netflix. plug for shows that I movies <laughs> <laughs> that I've never seen. Count on me for reliable yeah. information about libations and uh, other people's films. Um, now, how did you, dude? How's the lambic? I need a, uh, a bottle opener. Oh, sorry, oh my god! Does anyone have a screw? Would you like some water instead? We can a offer screwed. you guys water. Um, how? How did your upbringing shape you in wanting to go into publicity and event planning? Because you seem to really have a a joy for it. Yeah, one of the things I forgot to mention in that whole elevator pitch is that my whole family is deaf also. Um, So growing up in a deaf family... Uh, American Sign Language isn't a written language. It's actually a visual language. There is no way to write it. This part we get because we're not all dumb. (laughs) Well, the... So to uh, express emotion, feeling you, 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 rather than tone or inflection of your voice, you use your facial expressions, your body language, and that sort of thing. So telling a story is a performance of sorts. It's all a visual thing. Yeah. It's not a written thing. And so as a very young child, I was in charge interpreting for these deaf people who were my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. They were all deaf. And I was making plane reservations. I was flying at yes. five years old. Just a very young adult. And dealing with bill, bill, bill collectors. collectors. You know. They were trying to foreclose on the trailer and I was taking the calls and negotiating electricity. Uh, the electricity is being shut off and I would figure out how to work my way around it. And um, so it empowered me in a way. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh my God, it's like Thing and the, oh, the Adams Family. Just <laughs> Lambic. Thank you. Thanks, Mullivan. <laughs> 
Thank oh, that's you. your Schmolven. secret name. name sorry. That's my secret name on Facebook. But, but it empowered you, you were saying. Yeah. It empowered me, it, uh, in, especially as a girl. It gave me self-esteem and independence that in the woods, it, growing up poor and waiting on tables of these rich kids that I shouldn't have had, I guess. Uh, but it was one of those things where as I got to be 17, 18 years old, I just knew how to do stuff. It reminds me, I mean, on on two different fronts. One, it reminds me of of families, African-American, Jewish, Irish. Any immigrant um, family, honestly, where English is the second language. Right. So that there was that part of language being being a first-generation immigrant. It reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of of families where you're having to um, translate for the Mm -hmm. rest of the family. But then the other part, I was going to say the storytelling part. That's why I said... uh, African American, Irish. I was just thinking of different yeah um, storytelling is different the tradition. Yes, right. Well, where they weren't allowed or able to write well, things down. Well, also because the- when people find out that my whole family's deaf, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." And I'm like, "I said they were deaf, not dead." Right. Like growing right. up with a deaf family was kind of awesome. We lived in a trailer, so sneaking people in was just a matter of walking through the front door as long as you didn't like stomp around and shake the thing because it was on stilts. So it was like, "Don't." vibrate the trailer just come in and shut the door real easy and we're home free and we grew pot behind our shed our horse ate it all and got high but that's another story yeah what was your horse's name i remember charlie brown charlie brown yeah people find out i had a horse and they're like wait a wait a second you weren't poor and i'm like no no no. this is not uh this is not the hamptons this is not steeplechases and uh, you know the 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 lessons with your riding crops and all that. Just like think Mexico or Peru. You just find a horse. You're like, <clears throat> you're mine. You tie him up. You got a horse. And that's it. <laughs> His only job were like to eat the grass, provide us with fertilizer, and to take me to Webb's Grocery so, so I could get some Strawberry Wait, Hill. You went to the grocery store on your horse? Yeah. Yeah, it was like five miles one direction. So we would ride, hitch him up. To the, like the, like something like that, you just hitch them up to a pole and then go and grocery. Shop. I just want you to know that this is reinforcing every stereotype about taxes. It really is. <laughs> and people, whenever I like moved to the city, people were like, "No, you didn't ride your horse." And I just went back there last week. I visited my dad in jail, actually. Yes. Uh, and when I went to Dobbin City Hall, which is this little town in in the city hall, all the people had their horses hitched up outside, and I pretended like to hop on one. And they're just like, "Oh, what's that drunk girl doing?" They don't even care. It's just like a horse is a, a functional thing. It's not a pet. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, a, it's your ride. <laughs> and also when you get drunk, they know where to go. They know how to get home. Oh, that is great. That yeah. is very good to know. Again, reinforcing every stereotype <laughs> about Texas. Yeah, uh, where's the fucking Lambic? <laughs> so, uh, sorry, guys. So... <laughs> <laughs> Take orders. This is what happens. This is why I freelance and work from home is so I can drink. So, um, so let's segue into that. I mean, I didn't want to play armchair psychologist. You gotta um, yes, I did. Look at that foam. But it, this is great. It looks all I'll let pretty. It's two, do, it's two colors. To give her a spoon. Um, <laughs> so... Is this not I've never been a waitress. <laughs> I tried to waitress and they told me that I was... Uh, this is a blue... They told me I was... I was overqualified, <laughs> and I went. I was like, I know, I know. I'm, I'm really trying to make it. You know, I just left my PhD. Not really that anyone above the age of three is essentially overqualified to waitress. <laughs> and they were trying to tell me very nicely that we think you're developmentally delayed and need to seek help. Um, very nice restaurant, by the way, Blue Ribbon. They have very good waiters who are not developmentally delayed. Um, sorry, I messed this up. Is what you guys are trying to tell me? No, this sorry. is for them. Yeah, keep that for the guests. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Keep this for the guests. Yeah. Maybe the head will go down by then. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to play armchair psychologist because I didn't finish my PhD, but uh, I did want to know, you know, was keeping up appearance, like what propelled you to become a, a publicist? Because to me, that's not a dream job, but you well, love it. Living with deaf people, they had no idea what I was listening to, and I had subscribed to Columbia Records uh, uh, cassettes, 14 cassettes for a penny, and I ordered George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, and Richard Pryor, and Bill Cosby, and I listened to them until the cassette tapes were worn through, and I'd have to tape them up, and I'd listen to them on 10, 24 hours a day. Then my parents had no clue what I was listening to, and we didn't have. But your television. mother loved music. I remember you said. Yeah, more the vibration, the vibration, and she would learn the lyrics from printed stuff. Not that she could hear them that well, but um, and we didn't really have television uh, because we were so far out in the woods, and so I would watch like Good Times and Sanford and Son. These and, are good shows that you picked yeah, well. Yeah, well, and I I lived in a very, very rural part of town, but also mostly... We, we got that by the, the uh, yeah. horse going <laughs> The horse, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and mostly black, if you can't tell by my uh, entertainment choices. Um, uh, yeah, I was one of the few black, uh, white kids. And, in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, in the... And uh, it was a great school, though. And, but, so there was this like one the part... part. So there was this one part about the storytelling, and then there's the other part about me just being able to pick and choose my own entertainment choices. Yeah. And then um, I was bored and isolated to the point where I had to keep myself company. And I made puppet shows and I created a library. And I did all these entrepreneurial things, not realizing that these were setting myself up for my future. It is, it is quite formidable that what you were doing as a kid, and I, I did get the sense of the isolation and alienation because you were in the middle of nowhere, um, it's amazing that that really translated into what you do personally. Yeah, it's literally everything that I was doing in the woods is what I do for a living today. It's kind of extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. I smoke weed, drink Lambex, <laughs> and put on puppet shows. <laughs> you did. I, you, you have been in comedy. You did break into a field which is incredibly elite. I know every field is what you find out, I think, by living in New York, that every field is incredibly difficult to break into, but... Publicity is actually a very competitive field, and um, you carved out a niche for yourself with comedy. Yeah, comedians don't know how to promote themselves, and there aren't that many people who are just t tailoring their work for comedians and their, their needs. Did I mention that this show is called EmployeeOfTheMonthShow.com? You can go to the website, EmployeeOfTheMonthShow. You can subscribe on iTunes as well as get us on SoundCloud. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. I don't know if you guys have heard of those, but... EOTM. EOTM. How was that? Yeah. Was that, that a good. decent that pitch? Good. Yeah, that was all right. What did, what, uh, t tell me things that you tell publicists, uh, publicists tell comedians. Um, what are some of the tips you give them? Honestly, they're, they're so basic. They're terrible at promoting themselves. I have no idea I, what you're talking about. My husband about, so. is a comedian, <laughs> and that's kind of what made me realize, oh, there's a niche here that I could fill because he is very talented, extraordinarily smart, Christian Finnegan is, is the comedian. That's my and husband. He is, he's very, yeah. very talented. I just yes. declared today uh, his Lord Thundercock Master of Husbandry Day. So your birthday coincides uh, with Thunder him. Thunder what? Yeah. Lord Thundercock. Oh. Yeah, I hope so my birthday when you see him on the side coincides with Thundercock <laughs> Day. Thou, thou's the master. I thought uh, Shockwave was a cool name. <laughs> Lord, no, Lord Thundercock. I actually had to change it on my iPhone because the phone rang in front of my little mentor, uh, my mentee, my little nine-year-old mentee. My phone rang and it was like, Lord Thundercock. And I was like, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, 
Where you're, so you volunteer? Uh, yeah, her parents are both in prison because my dad's in prison. I'm I'm working with a, a group called Our Children in Long Island City, which is where I live, and um, all the the children, all of their parents are in prison, either one or both. And my mentee, both of her parents were in prison, so. And in in writing this book, did you feel more connected to kids who are growing up? Um, with parents in prison because I know you also did volunteer work for animals as well. That's what I was asking. Yeah, I went to New Orleans after Katrina and I, I worked in animal recovery. Uh, um, my dad had just been in jail for a couple of years and I hadn't really wrapped my head around it. But now, honestly, kids with parents in prison are my my special cause because they uh, there is a guilt and a shame that's associated with mm-hmm. it that, you know, my dad's guilty, Let's uh, despite what he says. See, uh, one of the bad Wait, things and about you being turned deaf. Him in. No, no, oh, yeah, no. I'm sorry. No, that's what I'm about to say. That one of the bad things about being deaf is that you don't hear the cops breaking in when you're stabbing someone. So you get caught. But I meant that you seemed like the first person in your family. Sorry, I should have. No. Excuse that. To, to acknowledge your mom and dad. Uh, did I not read that correctly? That it, you. I, it sounded like when I read. It sounded like. It, yeah. It read like when I read your book that you really wanted your mom and brother to acknowledge. What was going on with your father? Well, there, there is, with domestic violence, there is this kind of burying the heads in the sand mm-hmm. of, uh, there is a conflicted emotion of wanting, you love this person. My dad was a great dad. Yes. He's a very talented construction worker, an artist. Uh, he's hilarious. If he were here right now, he would have you laughing in, uh, instead. He would be... He's hilarious. Yeah, you talked about Which, charming. by the way, I fucking saw him on Sunday, or uh, I went to visit him. Yes. And he was like, mm, you got a fat ass. Are you getting Botox injections in your ass? And I was like, first of all, I think you fucking mean silicone. And second, <laughs> no. We should introduce him to my aunt. <laughs> he was trying to be funny, and he, he ruined his own joke by saying Botox instead of silicone. <laughs> he, but, uh, but that's like he the, cock-blocked himself. So I'm sorry that I, I misspoke about that. I just meant, I think when I was reading it, it seemed like you were very aware at some point that yeah, he I was have guilty. always known my dad was guilty, but domestic violence laws, the way they were, the Violence Against Women Act yes. hadn't been enacted, which didn't come around until 1994, which is now being renewed, hopefully by Thursday, if we can get our shit together. Um, what is wrong with women? I know we don't yeah. put these things forward. Um, yeah. And same, you know, basic well, things and like pay parity. For a long time, I always thought it was my mom's fault. Like, why didn't she leave him? Why didn't she leave? And I think that it's a. a thing that people ask themselves all the time or they read in the newspaper uh, stupid bitch why didn't she fucking leave him right and And not understanding that it's 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 so much more complicated and I didn't know this until I was 30 my dad had gotten away with this uh, attack on my mother when I was 17 I was angry and bitter I ended up marrying a guy in the the Navy right to to get the US Navy uh, dependent pay and housing pay it was an escape uh, and so for all these years, I carried this kind of harbored resentment towards my mother, anger at my dad, feeling no justice had been served. And then he tried to kill, kill this other woman. Right. And it was a very violent attack, and he got caught red-handed. And um, it brought all that old stuff up to the forefront, and it made us have to really address what and why and how and all those questions were finally answered and I demanded them because I was an adult and I knew how to ask for them. I was so grateful to see this book. I, I used to work on sexual abuse and violence. I, mean Girls, the movie, I worked mm-hmm. for the nonprofit that um, I was one of my first jobs. That actually was my first job. And um, you're so thoughtful in dealing with it and showing and so observant. Well, um, it's about easy. Your it would be very easy to, well, 
for 14 years, I blamed my mom. And it was like, oh, wait, she had two children. My dad was manipulating her. He wasn't beating her every day. That's the thing about abusers. They don't beat you every day. They beat you once, and then they're very, very nice and very, very manipulative and making it up to you. And they control some money situations. Mm -hmm. They know how to make you fearful of how you're going to survive and see your children. And he's got co parenting rights for the children and so you're going to have to con constantly see him. It's complicated. Even today after VAWA violence against women. Yes. Even today after that in 2012 this was in the 70s and 80s in Texas. So uh, it's much more complicated but also my dad it's very easy to be like, well, fuck him. He hurt this woman. Throw him away. Lock away the key. You know, let him uh, hang him by the balls and let him die rotten there. Who cares? And it's uh, Texas's way is to execute everyone. And, yeah, but it's much more complicated. He's a really smart, valuable human being. There is value to his life if we can figure out and, a way to fix the problems in his mind. Right, and the question of the prison system mm -hmm. is that actually a valuable experience? I was going to say that this must make comedians seem so sane. <laughs> now, that, right. no wonder you are a publicist in the entertainment business. Everyone must seem totally yeah. easygoing. You're like well, Harvey Weinstein seems about, delightful. Yeah, people were like, <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Weinstein passed on my book. He said he didn't do auctions because my book went up for auction. I don't do auctions. So. I see. All right. Well, yeah. we won't. We, he doesn't have to do auctions. Um, we would like. Um, we, meaning me, I wanted to, to ask if you would sign um, oh, yes. copies of this book, and I know you have a couple extra that you'll be handing out after the show, um, and I would like to uh, give one of the copies that I bought away to um, a lucky audience member, because a lot of you guys have come so often, so I wanted to share this, um, share your book. Um, what will you sign it for them? Yes, I will. Okay, good. All right, Cambry, you're going to come back at the end. Okay. Um, this was an absolute delight to have you on. Cambry Cruz, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you very soon. You're going to go back in the audience. You guys, please keep it going for Cambry Cruz. She will be on a book tour. You can check out CambryCruz.com for more. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can go to employeeofthemonthshow.com and that will take you to SoundCloud where you can download individual episodes or you can subscribe to the entire series for free on iTunes. Highly recommended. I want to give a very special thanks to Todd Rosenberg, Ian Mazoff, Damian Strange, and UCB Theater for making this possible. And most especially to you listening. I really, really appreciate it. Um, that's it. Thanks so much. Okay, have a wonderful day. Eat lots of vegetables and make sure to get some exercise for both of us. Okay, bye.